Hi, this is Chris Baldwin, a.k.a. Fight Goddess with Skull Combat Sports Equipment, and you are listening to Eddie Goldman with No Holds Barred. Hi, my name is Melissa Smith from GirlBoxing.org, and I'm listening to No Holds Barred with Eddie Goldman. Everyone around the world, once again, this is Eddie Goldman on No Holds Barred. On this edition of the show, we once again spoke with our colleagues Chris Baldwin of The War Room and Melissa Smith of Girl Boxing on The War Room. A video of this discussion has also been posted on the War Sports YouTube page. We spoke with a Monday, March 14th, in a wide-ranging discussion we focused on the continuing role of Russia in world sport, including in professional and Olympic boxing, even as Russia's war crimes and crimes against humanity in Ukraine intensified. We discussed revelations that Umar Kremlev, president of the Olympic Boxing Federation, IBA, has a history of ties with the Russian motorcycle club Nightwolves, which has been under sanction by the U.S. Treasury Department since 2014 for its ties to Russian special services. We also discussed the increasingly prominent role of Daniel Kinahan, the alleged Irish head of an international drug cartel in boxing. Also, we discussed how all this corruption means that there is no longer a basis for fair, all-inclusive world sport and that the Olympic movement, which is collapsing, needs to be replaced. We discussed the role of gambling in boxing, sports washing, how boxing is becoming so expensive to watch that it has become a luxury sport, and much more. Now, that discussion. What's up, my fight fans from around the world? We are now back in the war room because we've been off for a couple of weeks, but we are back in the war room with my boxing family, my sister, Melissa Smith. She is a women's boxing historian and my boy, he is an award-winning sports journalist. We call him the conscious of combat sports, Mr. Eddie Goldman. What's up, fam? How you doing? How's everybody doing today? It's good to see you guys today. Look, we are going to just kick off this show right now talking about, you know, we have to talk about Putin. We've got to talk about the damage he's doing in Ukraine. We've sent in our love to uh, uh, our boys, the boxing Klitschko's over there, all the boxers out there holding it down in Ukraine, fighting for democracy. But we're going to kick off right now talking about Umar Kremlev, who is now, he, what did you say, Eddie? He is the third Russian to head the Olympic World Federation. So let's talk about him and who he is and what he's doing and why this is important. All right, let's go, Eddie. Sure. Kremlev is the, uh, with a sort of murky past, is a Russian businessman, former head of the uh, Russian Boxing Federation, who had to step down when he became head of IEBA, which changed its name last year to IBA, 
the International Boxing Association. And finding information on him has been kind of difficult. And there are different things. He changed his name and a bunch of issues like that. But what recently came out, and it was actually reported sort of buried in some articles, but it was highlighted in a great article by the great journalist Jens Weinreich of Germany. You got to read his stuff. A lot of it's in English. A lot of it's in German. He, when he writes for Play the Game, it's in English. And he was talking about the three Olympic federations that are headed by Russians. And uh, IBA is one of them. So who is this guy, Kremlev, even though a lot of these federations are saying, yeah, they're not going to hold events in Russia now because of the war. They're not going to allow uh, fighters from Russia or Belarus to participate in their events. Although he details how they've issued very vague statements about it. In other words, it seems they're, they're more concerned, rather than just sending a message, we're not going to stand for Putin's horrible aggression. It's more of the, it's a safety type of a thing. Because if you bring, say, Russian fighters, you can't hold events in Russia. Travel is very restricted now between the West and Russia. And same thing in terms of getting the Russians there outside of Russia, be very difficult. It seems to me more logistical and safety rather than a political statement of saying, we're trying to isolate Putin and his, his criminal regime, which every day is committing war crimes and crimes against humanity, against the people of Ukraine, and is planning more. If he gets away with this shit in Ukraine, we know he's going to come after the Baltic states and, and other countries that uh, neighbor neighbor Russia to try and reestablish the Russian Empire, which is why I call him Tsar Putin. So who is this guy Kremlev? Is he just a boxing guy that happens to be from Russia? Not so simple. According to Jens Weinreich, and you could Google this and see this was repeated in numerous other articles. This guy either is or has been a member of an organization called the Night Wolves. This is a motorcycle club and concert group, and club can be used very generously, that since 2014 has been on the sanction list by the U.S. Treasury Department for being a paramilitary organization on behalf of Russia that participated in the annexation of Crimea and interfering in Ukraine and still is doing it. If you look at the Night Wolves website and how to use Google Translate for this, I know a little bit of Russian, but not very much. They also hold uh, rock concerts. And I'm sure it's, the music is as garbage as their, their politics are. And they're holding one, celebrating what they, they're calling the Russian Spring, eight years of the Russian Spring. That's when Russia annexed Crimea illegally and took it back from Ukraine and put it as part of Russia. And of course, they're celebrating all the other crap, all the other aggression and crimes that the Russian military is committing in Ukraine today. And this is an organization that this guy is associated with. And not only is the Night Wolves sanctioned, but 
Zaldostanov, who was the leader for several decades of the Night Wolves, has also been personally sanctioned by the United States since 2014 for being part of this paramilitary organization. So how is this guy going to be able to be independent of Russia and clean up IEBA or IBA as they're now known? How right now, financially, their main source of money comes from Gazprom, the Russian state-controlled energy giant, which also was under partial sanctions in the West. I think it should be complete sanctions, but right now it's under partial sanctions from the West. And that's what this organization is, is dependent on. So how are they going to adopt good governance? There was recently a situation where a number of federations are complaining a lack of democracy. They were issued an ultimatum to uh, rubber stamp something that the leadership had come up with within 24 hours. This is the kind of, quote, democracy that you see in Putin's Russia now being replicated in IBA. And in addition, what Putin did is he violated this, what's called the Olympic truce. Now, the Olympic truce has been pretty farcical, but it's something the IOC uses to say, oh, the Olympics bring peace and goodwill and love among peoples of the world. And they bring us, bring it, uh, all these people together and honest competition and so forth and so on. And it's, it's built on something that existed in, in ancient Greece, in the ancient Greek Olympics. But this is the third time that Putin has violated the Olympic truce. The first time was in 2008 when they attacked uh, the Republic of Georgia. The second time was in 2014 during the Sochi Olympics around that time when they attacked Ukraine and they annexed Crimea and they set up these phony uh, so-called independent people's republics in Donetsk and Lugansk. And now again in 2022, right after the Beijing Winter Olympics, but before the Paralympics. And the Olympic truce is supposed to be throughout that whole period. And Bach has been, uh, the head of the IOC, has been friends with Putin, palling around with him. They've been making one concession after another to Russia, letting them compete despite the fact that they've never made right for their state-sponsored doping program. They even brought a 15-year-old doped-up girl figure skater to uh, the, to uh, Beijing, the recent Winter Olympics. And he made, basically Putin made a monkey out of Bach because he, he openly violated this Olympic truce and just showed what a farce the whole thing is. So this is who Kremlev is. This is who's leading Olympic boxing. This is who the IOC is. You could read the article on Play the Game from uh, Jens Weinreck, where he goes into real detail, the coalition of Olympic perpetrators. He goes into a lot of detail, and he does this in other articles, about the ties between the IOC and the corrupt Russian regime. So that's what we have. The Olympics, I've been saying this for a long time, are totally corrupt. There's no reforming them. Athletes should try to find a way not to uh, 
compete in these corrupt events because you're going to get screwed one way or the other. And it's difficult because so many sports use the uh, use the Olympic movement to build up either their professional ranks or in the case of some sports like judo and wrestling, that's the highest level winning an Olympic gold medal. And it's abs it's an absolute disaster and it's getting worse. And in fact, you don't even have a basis today for international sport on a fair basis that's ex that's all inclusive to all the different countries because Russia and some others have just completely flaunted any rules of fair play. Any attempts to rein them in have been half-assed. And yeah, they couldn't compete under the name Russia in, in Beijing, so they were called the Russian Olympic Committee. That's really covering them up, shit right there. Yeah, and so mm -hmm. now that now some of these federations are saying, "Oh, Russia can't compete, but we're bringing the Russian athletes as neutrals." Well, everybody's going to know who they are. Russia does have a lot of top athletes. They're going to introduce these people. What are they going to say? They're from uh, Olympia? No, they're going to say they're from Russia. So they're going to wear a you know, uh, an Olympic uh, patch on their shirt instead of a, a Russian flag, it's not going to really make any difference at all. And they're looking for a way to keep this as, as short as possible uh, if and when this, this war comes to, comes to a conclusion. So, don't, you know, I know this is difficult for a lot of people in sports, don't have anything to do with this corrupt movement, with Putin. It's no good something else has to be built it has to be replaced and it's it's not going and, and at the same time it's collapsing so let it die that's my view yeah i'd like to see the olympics collapse and they create a new like world amateur games or something like that so on a level playing field <laughs> that does not permit russia or any of these uh, authoritarian nations to compete especially because they have a proven track record of doping. They're cheaters. China cheats. Russia cheat. If you cheat, you should not be allowed to participate in any sports on an international level at all. So now uh, we're going to pivot over to the professional boxing game, right? Because talking about banning Russian athletes from competing, is anybody going to ban uh, Bivol from fighting Canelo? Nope. No, nope. right. They're not right. Exactly. No way. No way. No way. Not they're not happen. stopping that fight. So, you know, that Russian band shit only goes so far. So let's just move on. Yeah, because because, <laughs> because they're supposed to fight in Vegas. And obviously a Canelo fight brings in a ton of money. And right. that's a that ton of money for right. the Nevada State Athletic Commission. And it's a ton of money for the WBA, which gets a sanctioning fees based on the purses that the fighters get. So it's a ton of money for them. So the right. other organizations, which don't have as many, I don't know if they have any high-profile Russian fighters, the, the WBC, the IBF, and the WBO said, yeah, we're not going to let any uh, Russian fighters fight for the belts. But the WBA has Bivol that Canelo wanted right. to win a light heavy belt, and they're going to they're gonna they're allow gonna let that. that fight. Yeah, exactly, because Canelo wanted it. Yep. Right. So that's all. That's how that's going down. What you hey, What listen, do you think about that, Melissa? This, just follow the money in all of this. That's the name of the game. Follow right. the dang money. You know, there's 
whether it's uh, do and listen, there's doping in professional sports, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's all about it's called follow the money. Lance Armstrong. That's where we are. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But okay. But it's you know it's all over the place. So right. All right. So also in the news, we're talking about. Daniel Kinahan, who's like come out of the woodwork. He is like straight up saying he is an advisor to fighters now. He said he's a fighter to Josh and Jack, those guys that just fought. And it was a controversial ending. I didn't see that fight. But um, let's talk about what's going on with that. Because Nicola Talent, she just had uh, she just posted up a couple uh, articles that are just like she's on his ass. He, he seems like he's the, the, the circle, the nets get tighter. And he might be extradited out of Dubai. So what, what do you think is going on over there? Maybe. Yeah, the net's, Maybe. net's getting tighter, but at the same time, you know, he's he's doing full court sport washing. Uh, what do you mean by that? Sports. What do you mean by that? Meaning he's he's coming out and he's saying, listen, I'm, I'm like the, you know, in, in New York City terms, he's like the Teflon Don. Nothing <laughs> sticks to me. Right. I didn't do any crimes. I, I, I can't prove it. Arrested. You can't prove that I'm like a world world's leading cocaine king. You know, I had my buddy King Price. Right. You can't prove that I I I I have, you know, affected murders up and down Ireland. So I'm out here and I'm just like a nice guy living in Dubai and I just really care about the world of sports and I had a club and now I've expanded it and I'm an advisor to all these wonderful fighters. Uh-huh. Oh, I just want to help people. Sweetheart. I just want to help people. But maybe did you, you did you watch that to- interview with him and James English on the just ask me any old thing and they skipped around like he didn't ask him anything really. Of course not, because this is a, he picked, he chose him to do this thing. This all came, this whole thing came out of, uh, there was a, the Josh uh, Taylor fight against Catterall and the, uh, and the result, you know, went into, went to Josh Taylor by a, a split, split decision. decision. Right. And, you know, did he win by split decision? No. If you watched the fight, you saw that he lost, he lost. but it went to him. <laughs> He went to him anyway. I mean, by our, by Las Vegas standards, the judges' scores were actually fairly close. <laughs> it's not like it was 99-91, um, which we have all seen on cards in the United States. But it was because he, you know, Josh Taylor is undisputed lightweight, and he got a pass to win undisputed when he clearly lost. There was a big, big hue and cry about oh. corruption uh-huh. and so Kinahan got involved and, and was like go prove it and he was pushing sports journalists around and threatening suits and everything else meanwhile the British board of uh, the BBBC got involved and they uh the they lowered you know the rating of one of the judges but there's also now a uh a criminal case that potentially is going to start up in Scotland about the results. But anyway, a criminal case on the results. How how can they file criminal charges against the fighting? Well, Uh, theoretically, they can investigate. Was there anything other than incompetence in in the judges? But I I don't, I'm, I'm skeptical that they're actually, that they'll actually investigate that the way they should. 
Yeah, I, I agree with Eddie on that. I mean, there's, but meanwhile, so Kinahan kind of came out of his little quiet pop up. You know, he used to like just pop up on Instagram every Take so often. Take a picture. Pop up on, <laughs> on Twitter. Hey, you know, so right. now he's like Mr. Vocal because he's like, no, there's no corruption, da, 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 and threatening journalists who put it out there. So that then came to this uh, sort of more sport washing, meaning more like, hey, I'm just a nice right, guy right. and I'm just trying to make uh, these blads have better lives, you know, come up by the bootstraps and help these really wonderful, dedicated little boxers. So yeah, he came out. And it's sort of like, see, you can ask me anything. I'm not a criminal. I'm not any of these things. I've never been indicted. I've never been this. I've never been that. I've never been convicted. Where have we heard this before? Right. right? I've never been convicted. It was like Al Capone. I've never been convicted. So so that's why he came to do this um, podcast. It's not as if he went to Nicola Talent. Right, exactly. If you were going to do wrote a book and has been dogging him for years. He's got balls. You know, has had her life threatened. All right. Um, He didn't go to her to say, interview me. Right. Or Kieran Cunningham, who we talked to about precisely this on the show, just the way we've talked to Nicola Talent. He didn't go to them. He went to a lightweight podcaster who was just going to go, oh, I know. We'll just take your talking points and we'll just throw you a few softball and Uh talk about how wonderful you are to the sport of box. Exactly. Because my first question would have been, you say you're not a drug dealer, but at your wedding, you had all the world's top cartel members at your wedding. But, you know, I don't know. They just showed up. What? Come on now. And and the guy... The guy cannot go back to Ireland without being busted. He cannot go to the United States. He probably can't go to the UK. And the recent article by Nicola Talent for the Sunday World in Ireland dated uh, March 9th, it reads, Daniel Kinahan and his criminal sidekick, Thomas Bomber Kavanaugh, have been named as respondents in a criminal assets bureau case, which is being taken against former millionaire businessman Jim Mansfield Jr. And then it goes on. Justice Michael McGrath at the high court sitting in court, again, this is in Ireland, was told by barrister for CAB Shelley Horan that officers are currently seeking an address for Kinahan, named as the first respondent in Dubai so they can serve him in relation to the case. She said they are currently gathering intelligence and will be applying to the UAE to serve him in that jurisdiction. See, the problem with the extradition is that if you have an extradition treaty between two countries, it's reciprocal. So Ireland wants this guy for all this stuff. But the UAE, for example, it's against the law to, quote, insult the monarchy and things like that. It's against the law to be LGBT and so forth. So if they indict somebody that say in Ireland and they want them extradited, you know, they, they that creates a problem. That's why they, they can't have an extradition treaty. And that adds to this, this legal mess. 
So it's kind of complicated and they're trying to work it out with the UAE, which is interested in its, as its own interests and its own power and all this to get him sent over. And they're probably going to have to make some kind of a, a deal, but the UAE is in particular, Dubai is just a sewer where these Russian oligarchs are living. We have all these different accused criminals, all these different people living there. And now it's a place where they're starting to hold a lot of boxing. And Richard Schaefer, the head, anyway, listed as the head of ProBellum, which is expanding, it just got signed with a couple of TV networks, was quoted in a Gulf Today publication from the UAE. We really want Dubai to become the fight capital of the world. And that starts with putting together a mix of fights, which are attractive to the fans and the international public as well. So this is going to be a fight capital more than New York, more than Vegas. I doubt it. You know, more than more than London and these other places with a smaller population. Why? Because there's all this money being poured into this organization from un, unspoken and unknown sources that ProBellum comes out of, the, out of nowhere. And all of a sudden they're bringing in top fighters, Regis Progres on their card, Sonny Edwards, um, Estelle Mosley, who was a, the Olympic gold medalist from France. Uh, yeah, they've also, he's just signed with Pro, with Lou DiBello, so he gets DiBello Entertainment's whole entire roster. Right? Yeah, Jalalov, who was the uh, recent Olympic uh, gold medalist who was undefeated in the official professional ranks, you know, although he did lose some in the World Series of Boxing, but the, that was like different rules and, and regulations. Yeah, they're bringing in a lot of names. In, but into, what happened to all the people they signed up under Ringstar? Because we, you know, you sent me to a couple of those pressers. So the, those guys, where are those, where are they signed though? So if you sign with a company that goes under, where do those fighters go then? They have to be re-signed by a new promoter, right? Well, which ones? I'm not sure we're like, I'm not sure where Tony Yoka is actually signed with. He's supposed to be fighting, uh, fighting soon, but uh, he's married to Estelle mostly. Mm-hmm. You know? Olympic gold medalist couple. And right. so now it, it appears what is being done in Dubai, and a lot of these are MTK fighters, but what it appears they're expanding, but not entirely under the name of MTK Global, which is a very tainted name. So people have bought Richard Schaefer's been around a long time. Mm-hmm. He was with Golden Boy for a long time and he did other things. Yeah, and he had these other ventures that didn't seem to really pan out. But people that have been involved in the boxing, they know they know who Richard Schaefer is and they they dealt with them. So now he's the, the front man for this. And this is like a new name, even though you have all these MTK people, fighters and others are involved in this whole network uh, that that they're putting together. Well, so crazy. they seem to be expanding. Oh, they are. I mean, I, I'm on Debello Entertainment's website right now, and he has had Hannah Gabriels, right? She's the WBC uh, heavyweight right now. She's now, there's a little piece that says she joined ProBello. 
So basically, oh, my taking word. His yes, they are. Okay. Look at that shit. So, oh you know, gosh. Bella, who's been very big for women's boxing, you know, was really it before uh, sort of the big guns came in through uh, Matchroom. Um, his fighters are starting to go sign up with Probellum. So this is going to be a really interesting thing. And the, the question that I have, and it's something I want to start for us to start to tease out and, and, and sort of network out uh, among journalists, sports journalists who are looking at corruption is what effect does gambling have on all of this? It's mm-hmm. a free for all in gambling when you're watching pro sports. So it's crazy. Right, because it's it's all about that upset, like this kid Connellan and the Wood fight, Lee Wood fight last the other night. They just knew Lee Wood was going to get knocked out by Connellan. And what happened? Connellan got lost the fight. He lost the fight in the last round. So there's a lot of mad people. (laughs) A lot of mad people. So there's I I really believe that there's a strong component related to sports betting through all of this and money laundering coming in. And it's going to be a lot easier to do it buy and you UAE. And and listen, you know, we've talked about this and Eddie has brought this up beautifully about just how ridiculous their um, their governance is on fights. So this is going to be the there is no governance. And there's no governance. There's no right. there's no governance for boxing. There's no strong commission that will ensure that there's VADA testing and all the other kinds of things right. that you need to put there. So uh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and now you have the Dubai Boxing Commission is starting to get a little bit better known. The WBC sent some people uh, to work with them, and they're trying to establish themselves. Say, see. We have a boxing commission here. You know, the whole thing is just is just a, uh, utterly, utterly absurd. You know, right. and, and at the same time, they're making it so expensive to watch boxing that boxing is really becoming a luxury sport, in my opinion. You have yeah. in, the, in the next couple of months, you have four pay-per-views in April and May, and that's just... For the United States, you got Spence and Ugas, you got uh, Fury and White, you got the uh, the Canelo fight, which is his own pay-per-view uh, against Bivol. And then later in the month, you got Javante Davis and Rolly Romero has been there. I cannot now, believe also, that. Rolly no, Romero, dropped, has they dropped the charges? They dropped the charges. And, and on top of that, the zone has been really a failure in what they set out to be the so-called Netflix of sport, because except in a couple of countries, it's almost all boxing and some other secondary sports here or there and secondary shows. And they're headed for there are reports and I want to see this better confirmed, but there are reports that beginning in May, they're going to increase their annual fee in the United States by 50 percent from 99 bucks to 149 mm. bucks. And it's just getting, the whole thing is just getting absurd. If, you, if you're going to watch all these things, you're going to be spending thousands of dollars just to watch boxing on TV or streaming. It's, it's utterly absurd. No other sport is like that. Perhaps uh, some of the MMA stuff for UFC is like that. But that we know 
is aimed as a luxury sport for Trump supporters and white supremacists in the main, not all of them, but that's what it's, its core audience is. Boxing is a different demographic, uh, socially, politically, nationally, right. and all that. But still, it's becoming a luxury sport. And that's not the way it, you know, it had been been established at this point. And meanwhile, there's so much, so many different sports, so many different things you could watch. You're not going to have time for any of this stuff. Baseball in the U.S. is back. A lot of that is either inexpensively on cable. They're, they're having their own problems, too. But if you have like a, a you know, a moderate uh, subscription to a, a moderate tier for uh, cable, you're going to be able to watch. There's there'll be more baseball on than you can even dream of and, and watch, you know, if you watch the 24 hours a day. So that's just one example. The ratings for the NFL, which were all either on broadcast TV or ESPN, went through the roof this past season. You know, over 40 something million people watching some of the playoffs, Super Bowl, setting records, all these things. And so how many people are going to be attracted, just speaking for the United States now, to pay an extra 70 right. or 80 bucks to watch a fight between two fighters that they're not really sure who they are? Right. I, I absolutely agree with you, Eddie. And I know as it is, there's really there's. Even on cable, you can barely see any boxing. Occasionally, Showtime, very unequal, uneven in terms of there's no regular show anymore. Occasionally, ESPN, but they're pushing more and more of their boxing traffic to ESPN Plus, which is a streaming service, and you got to pay four ninety five a month. Yeah. More and than that, gotta, I think they they raised it raised it again seven bucks, whatever it is now. And then you got the zone, which is uh, you know a subscription. I think I'm paying around ten dollars a month, but for new people, it's higher than that. Right. And now they're talking about adding in pay per view to the zone. That's crazy to the zone. And that whole model was supposed to be hey, just pay per view free subscription. Right. So, and pay-per-view is 75 bucks, 100 bucks. Well, they're trying to pay Canelo. So that's why they had to pay that extra. Yeah, well, I don't know. And and in countries where they've gotten other sports, I think in in some of the European countries, they've gotten some of the major football leagues on the zone. They tripled the monthly price from about 10 euros to about Mm. 30 euros a month which is depending on the exchange rate in the mid 30 US dollars per month. Who's going to pay 30 something dollars a month just on top of everything else, just just to watch sports nope. and, not, and nothing else. And no. again, as I said, it was, they, they were sort of toying with uh, bringing in some baseball in the US. That failed. They've been unable to bid for the rights in, in any any of the, the major sports in the U.S., which are pretty much all locked up. The talk in baseball of creating regional sports networks never mentioned uh, the zone. I mean, they're looking at Apple Plus and Amazon and, and these major things like this. So yeah. better for them to be on Prime than. than right. So you can pay all else. this extra money for the zone to watch all these fights where Kinahan is advising both guys. And as, as in the 
uh, Josh Taylor, Jack Catterall fight and in the uh, Lee Wood, Mick Conlon fight. And there was a very interesting point made by another one of our friends from Ireland that you mentioned earlier, Kieran Cunningham. Conlon, after the 2016 Olympics, was a, a hero in Ireland because he, of course, got robbed. Uh, they gave this victory to the Russian, Nikitin, in his, his fight. Everybody saw the fight. Conlon beat the guy up, and they gave the, the Russian couldn't even believe it. And he gave very famously gave the finger to the Olympic officials that that picture is reproduced all over the place. And people love the guy now because of his associations in the Republic of Ireland in the lead up to Conlon's first title fight against Lee Wood, which, again, he got knocked out in. There was no reporting on the fight in the Republic of Ireland building up to that because they're just so disgusted by the association that these guys have with with Kinahan, who's well wow. known in Ireland. Wow, no shit. Hero. They wouldn't even report on it before the fight. They got so, blackout. Yeah, that's where that's where this is going. And and in the UK they know about Kinahan. For a while it was just Ireland and a couple of savvy boxing people well last year the uk has a bbc series panorama they did a whole show great documentary mm -hmm. yeah a great documentary i think you could probably find it somewhere. it's on youtube it's somebody put yeah it's not the it's, on YouTube, yeah. it's, it's on youtube yeah it's on youtube and in the uk i think you could probably go to the panorama site and still see it it's available if you haven't seen it for some reason even though they show panorama in the u.s on bbc world news um i don't think that episode ever aired here maybe they just thought people wouldn't be interested i don't know but but in any case you could find it on youtube and so there's a lot of people both in the uk and ireland that that know about this guy so the, the net may be closing in on Kinahan and he's finding clowns like this James English guy and these other people that are just going to give him soft balls and let him say, hey, we should we his... should reach out to him for an interview. No, uh, no, I, no. Uh, <laughs> Trust no. Me. we don't want to be on that radar because I know <laughs> of, a, of a sports organization in the U.S. that had something fairly large enough to be on other people's radars and uh, they got really leaned on badly. Really? Yes. That's crazy. Yes. yes. So what so, are you afraid of? If you don't, you know, well, you, you tell everybody you're not a crook, but if some, as soon as somebody starts looking into your past, digging into shit, listen, then you, you want know, to you threaten talk them. To, you talk to, you know, the Irish media and they'll, they'll give you a chapter and verse yeah, on, on how dangerous this really all is. And my point on, on professional boxing and is similar to what I said about the Olympics, despite right. the fact that, you know, if you watched any of the, the fight between Lee Wood and Mick Conlon, it was certainly an exciting back and forth fight and all that, despite all of that, it's, what is this? What does it mean? What does it signify? It's, it really signifies what George Orwell said, which I said isn't it always true, but in this case it is true. Where sport becomes war minus the shooting. There's mm. there's nothing good about it in terms of the values that it promotes, 
culturally, socially, politically to people, and they want you to pay more and more for it. So honestly, at this point, I've been watching boxing since I was a little kid. Floyd Patterson and Ingmar Johansson, and as he was then known Cassius Clay. And still remember, I thought he watched him fight Doug Jones, and I thought Doug Jones won. I was a kid. What what did I know? You know, of course, the fights with Liston and all that whole history. Uh, Emil Griffith and Benny Kid Perrette. I watched a lot of this stuff either live or uh, later on. Much of it was on live on on ABC in New York at the time. I watched a ton of this stuff. I can live without it because it's just disgusting. It does, what, what does this all signify? Could we watch some old some science fiction instead? Or your love affair? Something. I can't believe your love affair with boxing is over, Eddie. I didn't say it's completely over. I'm just saying that any. It sounds any, like it's me, not you. Conversation right there. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> no it's any not incentive. <laughs> when there are boxing shows on, it feels like it's homework. Yeah, to watch rather than something I'm really. Really yeah. looking forward to because right. there's always some shit going on. You're looking, what's the angle on this fight? Did they bring in like like the, the main event on the showtime? They they had this guy uh, Holmes. They had him fight a smaller guy and any who who was much older than him, and he almost lost the fight. Occasionally, you'll see an, a legitimate upset. And mm-hmm. The judges, the judges in most cases can get it right when they want to. But there's never any investigation, really, of this right. stuff. And then they'll blame an individual judge. Do you think that's what's really going on in boxing? That there are these individual judges who've been around for many years, all of a sudden don't know how to score a fight? There's never any investigation of this stuff. Right. All right. Well, look, we're going to leave it right there, Eddie. I want to thank you guys for your time today. Melissa, do you got anything else you want to uh, touch on today? you have anything else? Uh, no, just, you know, my heart goes out to my brothers and sisters in, in right. Ukraine. You know, right. we're, we're, we're here for you. You motivate us. We're, we're here to, to, to publicize what you're going through and, and support any way that's, we can. That's right. All right. So tell the people where they can find you, Melissa. They can find me on Twitter at Girl Boxing Now and on Instagram at Girl Boxing Now and my website, girlboxing.org, where uh, I traced my boxing and caregiving journey. And right. uh, can't wait to speak to you all next time. All righty. All right, Eddie, tell the people where they can find you, baby. Well, you can also find me on Twitter at NHP News. Hopefully you'll post a lot using some of the emoji that are there, the Ukrainian flag and the sunflower which is the national flower of Ukraine oh, wow. to show, show you symbolize and show your support for the Ukrainian people and everybody that's fighting for democracy and independence that's and right. against the czar Putin and his, his crimes against humanity in, in his war of aggression. And I still have my uh, Patreon page at patreon.com slash Eddie Goldman. We just had the 16th anniversary of No Holds Barred, one of the longest running Happy anniversary. in the world. Thank you, sweet. I'm sweet 16 again. <laughs> <laughs> so you got that. And you could always look at my site, eddiegoldman.com. And uh, hopefully pretty soon it'll be back up and running around. But uh, for now, I'm, you know, have to stay home a lot. 
That's right. You rest up and recover, Eddie. As for me, guys, this is your fight goddess. I am available on Twitter at Angry Afro Radio. You can just follow me on Instagram or as Eddie calls it, Idiotgram at <laughs> Fight Goddess Fitness. And let's see what else. You guys better check us out at warsports.com. That's W-A-A-R sports.com. And we will see you next time. Peace, love, and push-ups.